Blog Talk Radio. Welcome aboard. You know what time it is. It's nine o'clock in the East Coast. It is butt crack early on the West Coast. Wherever you are, thank you for joining us. My name is Tom Mark Marquisale, President Jay, on loan for God. For the next two hours, you will pay homage to me as I will lead you through this crazy world of sports. And yes, it is here. We can finally say it is preseason, it's camp. I know I get all of that, but I'm saying NFL's back. Yes, camps are broke all over the nation. Ed Kratz, beat writer for Philadelphia Eagles, going to be joining us uh, and talking uh, about the NFL camp. Uh, here standing by in the, in the balance green room is Matthew Embry, <clears throat> our uh, – Official IndyCar contributor going to be breaking down IndyCar out at Mid Ohio. Man, the season does slide by. Tony D, Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast joins us later on. Talks some NASCAR, and then we'll continue our conversation with Mo from the BS Sports Show on the NFL. We got the Colts, we got the Eagles, we got the Bears, the Bears. We got whatever because NFL's back. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. 
It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous pork chop down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. And welcome back to the balance. Let's get things kicked off. Joining us now is Matthew Embry from WSBT in South Bend and our official IndyCar contributor. Matthew, welcome back to uh, uh, the balance. I know you've been off for a couple weeks and uh, good to have you back this week. IndyCar rolls into Ohio, mid-Ohio for the Honda Indy 200 at mid-Ohio. That's tomorrow afternoon, 4 o'clock. You can catch it on NBC Sports. What's going on, Matthew? Very interesting how things have gone out. I mean, uh, people are already uh, anointing Joseph Newgarden, the champion already, even though there's still five rounds to go. But uh, you still have a very aggressive driver in uh, Alexander Rossi. Uh, I still think Syed Pajot's got a chance, but uh, the consistency factor, you got a question. And then, of course, uh, Scott Dixon, the five-time champion. What is he going to make his move? Because Ty's what he got for him if he's looking for a championship number six. Well, let's talk a little bit about Joseph Newgarden. As you said, a lot of people have already kind of uh, crowned him the, the champion. I, I, I think that he has the potential to do that. But let's kind of look at the, the leaderboard going into mid-Ohio. Uh, Colton Herta, probably one of the fastest out there, and we've talked about him all season long and, and uh, what he's been able to do uh, in his rookie year with IndyCar. Colton Herta, very fast there at mid-Ohio. Yeah, and uh, the thing with Colbert is, is the consistency there. I mean, your early X from Indy, your early X from a few other races, 
And keep in mind, he's not even leading the rookie point standings. Uh, Felix Rosenquist, Chikanasi, uh, is leading the rookie standings right now. So the question I think right now is the issue between the years. Uh, can you figure out that you just don't drive the car close to the wall every single lap? You have to drive conservatively at some times and make sure you get to the finish before you can win races. And uh, I think that's a difficult lesson that he's having to deal with right now. Once he does figure that out, I think he will be a factor. But I still think uh, that uh, reality hasn't quite gotten uh, emanated to where he understands that uh, driving a full out uh, at the early part of the race is not necessarily the recipe to get into the finish. Well, you know, uh, here's the thing about uh, racing. It's a, it's a very competitive sport. It's a gentleman's sport. But I guess like anything else, it's got its unwritten rules. And uh, I guess every sport does bring its own unique set of unwritten rules. Uh, and uh, when someone violates uh, one of those, uh, it, uh, uh, the keepers of the rules, I guess, aren't very happy. Uh, in the closing minutes of practice on Friday, mid-Ohio, Carlin Racing driver uh, R.C. Emerson decided to break one of those unwritten rules. Tell us a little bit about that unwritten rule. What did he break and the wrath that it brought upon him? I'm not sure what you're referring to on that. Uh, I didn't see that story. I did see, though, that uh, Sebastian Bourdais ruffled a few fans with a few outside aggressive moves uh, during the practice session at, uh, for instance, the S's in the carousel. Uh, I do remember seeing that uh, based on pictures. Well, what happened was instead of ending the session uh, when the time expired following Joseph Newgarden's red flag uh, causing the crash, IndyCar allowed each car to turn one more lap. Uh, it is understood among the majority of the field uh, that in this instance that they should try uh, their best to uh, give one another as much space as possible in an effort to turn one last quality lap. That means no passing, and that's exactly uh, what he did. So uh, he uh, did some passing on that final lap. Well, again, like you said with uh, some of these other guys, uh, Enerson is another guy that's known for being sometimes a little bit over-aggressive and then over his head, and uh, I guess that uh, verifies that uh, factor. Now, granted, uh, no harm, no foul. I didn't wreck anybody, but uh, he does come into contact with someone down the road with one of those uh, maneuvers. He certainly is going to get in the hot water eventually, I would think. Well, yeah, even rookie Colt Herta, uh, along with Tony Kanan, come marching down to his pit box and, uh, you know, not necessarily to throw punches, but uh, to get in his face and let him know, uh, hey, uh, you, you, are, you are doing a bad thing here. We'll talk a little bit about Joseph Newgarden's crash there in mid-Ohio mid during practice yesterday. What are your thoughts? What caused it? Where are we at with their car? How's that uh, going to uh, play into effect in tomorrow's race? Well, sometimes you try to exceed the envelope, and uh, certainly that doesn't help things. But uh, I'm sure they have a backup car there. She is the championship leader. If they have to go to that car, it'll be fine. Um, I think right now the session before qualifying, if he does do well there, then I'd say that's cause for concern. But uh, considering Team Penske, they know the scenario. They have extra cars, I'm sure, available for all their drivers there in the championship hunt. Uh, Power, Pagano, and New Garden included. So uh, I don't think that's a panic situation for them right now. Uh, if they have to go to a backup car, they'll go to a backup car. But uh, it may mean that uh, Joseph may have a problem possibly getting in the fast six. But beyond that, uh, if there's a yellow there that goes off strategy, it shouldn't hurt him that badly, I wouldn't think. 
Well, you know, a driver I've been enjoying watching this year, I wouldn't necessarily call him my favorite driver, but a driver that I enjoy watching. I have enjoyed uh, talking to him here in Indianapolis and uh, certainly fun to watch. And and he is the star of the Andretti team, and that's Alexander Rossi. And, you know, a lot of a lot of talk has been – and I think right now it's just talk. I, could, I can't see him going anywhere next year. We'll see what happens. Penske is Penske is Penske. Uh, there's a reason that he has the drivers that he has. I don't really look for that to change. I, I think that he'll, he's found a good home, a good leadership spot there with Andretti Sports. But Alexander Rossi going into mid-Ohio, what are your thoughts? Well, Tarantino had not won the Indy 500 and swept the IndyCar weekend down the month of May. I think there would have been some legs to this. But the fact Pagano is doing well, he's in third in points. I don't think his points, his position is in danger. And you know, uh, I don't think Penske is getting rid of Newgarden or Power anytime soon. And he's also made it pretty clear he's not interested in re-expanding the four drivers unless the series car count gets to the point where he is called upon to expand to four cars again. So unless something drastically changes, I don't see a position where Rossi leaves anywhere besides Adverti Autosport. Because uh, the possibilities of advancement uh, right now just are not there. Because I, I don't think Ganassi's going to part ways with either Dix or Rosenquist anytime soon. And they have been skittish about providing extra cars, expanding uh, since they went down from four back down to two. So the scenarios right now, I think Rossi, uh, perfect situation. I think for Michael Andre to get to the negotiation table, sign a long-term contract with Rossi, and uh, see where that uh, puts them for several years. And uh, they have them under their uh, lock and key uh, for the next several seasons. I'd say that would be the best interest for both parties at this point, because uh, I don't think there's any positions for advancement right now. Looking ahead to silly season, I think you'll see some change at the bottom of the grid. I think there's some questions about, say, what's going to happen with future Carlin, that now they're falling apart. Uh, what's the future potentially for some of the other drivers are on the bottom end of things uh, with Marcus Erickson possibly trying to get back to Formula One or Europe. Uh, so the questions right now and abound. Uh, sorry about that, my little act up there on my part. But uh, overall, I think the big scenario right now is I think it's going to be a much quieter, silly season uh, looking to the end of this year as opposed to the way it was last year. I think there's going to be a lot less drama and uh, the only questions right now are, is a team like Shank going to go full-time? Is a team like Dragon Speed going to go full-time? I think those are the bigger questions as to as opposed to big changes happening at the top end of the echelon, I think. We're talking with uh, Matthew Embry of WSBFT in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, talking about the Indy Honda 200 in mid-Ohio. We were talking a little bit about Simon Patagon. Of course, he was second fastest for the Penske. Uh, just barely uh, uh, pimping out, pimping, <laughs> bumping out his teammate. I don't know where pimping came from. Maybe he was pimping his, te- his teammate, Will Power. Oh, goodness. Live uh, radio, got to love it. If the man, I guarantee you, that was not a knock on you, so don't feel bad. <laughs> All right, we'll go. Sir, of course, but um, Will Power did set the fastest time on the primary tire and was the fastest on the harder compound. Felix Rosenfest, we talked a little bit about him earlier, was the top chip Canassi driver in the fourth, while James Hinchcliffe was, again, the, was fast, the fastest for Aero Schmidt. 
uh, Peterson. Uh, you know, I, we didn't get a chance to talk talk with Tyson a little bit about it when they were up in Toronto. How cool! How cool was that to see Wycliffe driving that specially designed car with his fiance take a lap around uh, the streets of Toronto? Let's talk a little bit about how cool that was and the special engineering that Arrow did uh, for that car. Obviously, we've seen the owner uh, Sam Schmidt take the same similar type of drives it. And those that don't know about Sam Schmidt, obviously he's he's paralyzed and he's confined to a wheelchair due to a racing accident in Orlando many, many years ago. And he's bounced back to be one of the best team owners in the, the series in both Indy Lights and Indy Car. But how cool was that to see Robert Wickens take that lap with his fiance around Toronto? Well, it's good to see that he is making progress. I grant he admitted the week after his back to serious rehabilitation. So he's a ways away before competing in an auto racing car at speed ever again. But uh, good to see that progress is being made. Uh, he's probably going to avoid paralysis, which is a good thing as well uh, after what happened to Sam. Uh, but uh, ultimately right now, I think it's still a wait and see uh, whether or not he gets uh, back into an Indy car again. I still think that is still many months, if not years away. Uh, for Robert Wickens, a uh, very promising driver last year, unfortunately, the exit of Pocono uh, put the damper on uh, his future plans. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Matthew Leese uh, taking over, uh, taking seventh for AJ Foyt Racing. Was a surprise boost, uh, really, uh, because he finished ahead of Jack Harvey. That's who everybody's talking about over there in the Foyt camp. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts about them? I think Lace right now is driving for his job. I mean, granted, uh, I don't know if that is a coveted ride, considering, you know, the kind of disorganization we keep talking about with Foyt. I mean, I know our friend, uh, I don't remember her name, who was on our show for Field 33, said the team is starting to make progress. I don't know how you necessarily make progress uh, when you still have one team based in Texas and one team based in Indianapolis, they have not completed the whole transition of this team to Indianapolis as they had planned to have done by this time last year. And uh, I just don't think uh, it's a successful uh, partnership. I mean, that's why I think TK is also struggling, but uh, I think uh, if you're looking at possibilities of drivers not being in IndyCar next year, uh, unless Mateus Lace to make some progress, I have a feeling uh, for A.J. Foyt and Larry Foyt might be looking for a driver. If not, uh, who knows? Whoever wins the IndyCar or the Indy Lights Championship with the scholarship advancement, that might be the seat where they end up uh, for 2020. You know, talking about Indi- uh, Indianapolis-based teams, uh, Ed Carpenter Racing, uh, Spencer Pickett. I mean, I, I got, you got to be happy with what Spencer's been able to bring uh, to Ed Carpenter, and he's very, very strong on courses like Mid-Ohio. Of course, he was ninth fastest in practice uh, yesterday, uh, but what are your thoughts about Spencer Pickett as we get ready for the Mid-Ohio tomorrow? Uh, I still feel like they're in a no-win situation because it still seems to me that Ed Carpenter Racing just is not interested in these Jordan Street courses. Where do they make the majority of their noise? Ovals. So I think uh, beyond, uh, say, Pocono and Gateway, uh, I don't really see anything where, you know, podiums are in play on road and street circuits. I just, I don't know if it's just the distaste that Ed Carpenter had with them when he was a driver or what the case is, but it just doesn't seem like the excitement is there when they make their way to one of these road and street circuits. Now, granted, it was there when Mike Conway was driving, 
But uh, it fizzed out when Jordan King uh, drove for them last year as their road course specialist. And uh, Ed Jones mired in 21st on the uh, charts uh, yesterday. I think that Curly says that he hasn't figured out uh, or has the chemistry to be competitive on the old, on the road street circus like we thought he might be uh, with this organization. I mean, it's I think it just says, uh, unfortunately, that ECR's uh, priorities right now are making the best noise on the oval tracks in a place where they feel like they can win. As a and they've kind of you know just uh, Showing up and being there for the road and street circuits, I don't think it's, I don't say it's a bad thing, but it doesn't necessarily make them look all that great. Well, let's move on down. The tenth fastest in practice yesterday, Simon Bourdais at DCR Racing. Uh, I I like Simon. I I think he's a good aggressive driver. Um, the thing about uh, the thing about uh, Mid Ohio. Unless something uh, unforeseen happens, if you're not up there in the top five, it's going to be very hard for you to advance. But we'll see what happens when we get into qualification later today. Uh, but Sebastian, Bo- uh, Sebastian Bourdais uh, in, in, with DCR Racing. Uh, good things going for Coin right now. I think we've seen some decent stuff from Bordet. We've seen some decent stuff from Ferrucci. I think he's cleaned up his image greatly. I don't think you're going to see any of those guys lose uh, rides uh, for next year. I think there will be the same lineup for 2020. Uh, I think Ferrucci is still got a little ways to go as far as consistency right now, but I think he is doing a lot better in cleaning up his image. He's not being the cocky guy that he was when he was in Europe. And I think uh, I think he realizes that he's not the superstar here, and I think he's mellowed out just a little bit and is now refocusing on trying to be the better driver instead of being, you know, a guy that is all bark and no bite. And I think that's the thing that Ferrucci's got to work on. Bordet, uh, obviously getting up there in age, so the question is how many more years is he going to have left in the tank? But uh, I think the team is still in the right direction. they still got decent support from Jimmy Basser and Sully Sullivan. So uh, I think right now they should still be competitive. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be this weekend, though, unless they make a big splash of qualifying. You know, the other uh, Chip Canassi racer, the Iceman, Scott Dixon, been relatively quiet here at Ohio uh, in practice. Uh, yesterday he was 16th fastest from practice. So um, not a lot of noise he's making right now. Scott Dixon, Chip Canassi, mid-Ohio. Well, keep in mind, well, there's still several other ways that you can skin the cat. I mean, if you get an early yellow, you can go off sequence. I can move him up there if he doesn't qualify well. So I wouldn't necessarily discount him yet on the situation. But like you said, it doesn't look good for him. And it certainly doesn't look good, uh, say, for Graham Rahal, who was absolutely last in the practice session uh, yesterday on his home track, nonetheless. You know, let's talk about that other rookie that everybody's been talking about with DCR, the other DCR guy, and that's Antonio Ferrucci. Uh, certainly uh, one that we think is going to be one of the top rookies uh, this year. And uh, certainly you look at we, – we, we've talked about him before with him and Colton Herta, but uh, certainly Colton Herta uh, is proven to be the better driver, at least at mid-Ohio. Been decent right now, but uh, like I said with Ferrucci, I think he's getting his act together. I mean, he's 12th in the points, second in the rookie points. He's only uh, 14 behind Rosenquist for Rookie of the Year honors at this point. So things are looking good uh, for them. Uh, just a little bit more pace, I think, and that would finish things off because he's showing the consistency he needs right now. 
And like I said, he's mellowed himself out a bit since uh, all the bad stuff he did in uh, Europe. I think he's certainly uh, starting to figure out that you have to provide the results first before you can start, uh, you know, being brash and arrogant and all this other thing. You have to, you know, walk the walk before you can talk the talk. And I think he's starting to understand that now. And I think you saw that in Indianapolis. He had a solid run there, and he's had decent runs. Not really great runs, but decent runs uh, throughout the schedule. At least the thing is with him, as opposed to Colton Herta, he is getting to the finish of these races, and that is how you earn points instead of running one great super lap and getting everyone's attention and then failing to finish. Tony Kanan, Tomoko Soto. No, I love saying that name. Ed Jones and Marco Andretti. Rounding out the bottom parts of the, the practices yesterday. What are your thoughts? Sato, I'm surprised considering uh, Middleha has been one of his better road courses. I would have thought he would have been higher up on the list considering also the home track. But like I said, Rayal Letterman Lanigan just has been out of it uh, so far. I think Rossi was taking it easy, just, you know, light playing, the, rolling with the punches, just like Dixon was. And uh, TK, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but uh, I'm starting to wonder, uh, is just the focus beyond Indianapolis lacking for TK right now? Because other than Indianapolis, I think we saw this with Elio Castellanos as well. It just doesn't seem like the fire is in TK in any event outside of the Indianapolis 500 now. And that, it's sad but true, but uh, I'm starting to think here, if this continues down this path, uh, it could be may not be long before TK becomes uh, an indie specialist, uh, say like uh, Townsend Bell was in Oriole Serbia currently is. You know, you're absolutely right about that, and, and I think there's been rumblings about him retiring for a few years now. I talked with him here in Indianapolis. I point blank asked him, I said, hey, are, are, we, are we getting to the end of, a, of an error? And he's like, no, I'm going to drive as long as, uh, as long as somebody lets me in the car. So uh, maybe he'll be – force won't be the right word. He's one of those names like Elio Castanevis that will always have a spot in IndyCar and at Indy. Tom, here's the thing. I get it. Tony Kanaan is one of the fittest drivers on the circuit. But fitness doesn't get you all the way there. It's also, like I say, it's between the ears. And either you have it in the mindset that I can still do it or you don't. And right now, the thing is, and as much as I love TK, I just don't see that desire to be up front and be competitive like he had during the years, during his heyday in the 2000s, and he competed, leaded every lap, won the championship in 2004, and uh, in the last several years. I just don't see that anymore. I don't know if it's just because the ride's not competitive anymore that he currently has with Ford or what the situation is, but outside of Indy, I just don't see the fire that we normally see for Team K. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you know, one other driver, his home track is Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, guy, uh, Graham Rahal, Rahal Letterman Racing, very last place, not doing good at his home track. Yeah, same with uh, Veach as well, who also is at his home track, and he also has been struggling as well, another Ohio kid. Uh, like I said, uh, Rahal Letterman's just missed it so far. I mean, Sato was only 20th, Rahal was last. Uh, not sure what the situation is. Of course, there's a lot of things going on as far as rumblings with Ray Hall, what their plans are. Uh, there's been rumors that they are looking at possibly taking the BMW program to Le Mans since they are going to be outside of the FIAWC Super Season. 
So I don't know if that's becoming a distraction or what the situation is. They keep talking about them wanting to expand to a third car. Uh, possibly Jordan King might be in the mix for that. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if those distractions are starting to get in the way of their focus here because uh, you would think that having the home track advantage would help them, but uh, it's been more of a clutch and a, a negative so far, and I'm starting to wonder if it's the stuff that's going outside of the track uh, limits right now that's uh, holding this team up a little bit because there's a lot of unknowns about what this team is going to do for 2020 outside the sport of IndyCar racing. Well, we're going to wrap it up and put a bow on the racing segment, but real quickly, what are you working on? I, I know we talked a little bit about a uh, uh, something you, you were talking about women in racing. Is something you want to uh, promote there? Go right ahead, sir. got to say, it's very troubling what's happening right now. I mean, you have uh, just one IndyCar driver that competes at the Indianapolis 500 and Pippa Man, and you don't see any others on the schedule, and the closest in NASCAR has to a female driver getting to the top ranks is a driver still in development, Haley Deegan. And after having three women in the Knoxville nationals last year, uh, right now we currently have none on the entry list. We're only two and a half weeks out before that race gets underway. So uh, uh, if you're a fan of the female drivers, uh, I think you could be a little bit understandably, a little troubled about what's going on currently in the years uh, post Danica. Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor uh, from uh, WSBT up in South Bend. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Have yourself a good race weekend. And uh, we're going to get things kicked off with the NFL coming up soon. Matthew, where can people find your work and your masterpieces, sir? M-A-T-T-M-B-U-R-Y on Twitter. Let me throw my two cents as far as NFL. I think uh, I hate to say it, but I think – No great team right now is the Cleveland Browns. I just don't believe the hype is charged, possibly going to the AFC Championship this year. And uh, I think the team is kind of plumbing. It's going to be the same. So they can't re-sign other top wide receiver. Michael Thomas, I think they really have a problem of finding targets for Drew Brees in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. You were cutting out a little bit there, but we'll certainly get into all that. Matthew, have yourself a good weekend, sir. Thanks. Matthew Embry of uh, WSBT up in South Bend. Uh, we're losing him right there at the end, but that's okay. We move on. My name is Tom Marcusel, Presidente. It is back. That's right. Football is back. And to help us bring it back in style, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's coming at you next right here on the Balance Radio Network. Tonight. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. 
I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. All right, welcome back. We can balance it here. It is currently here. Join us now from uh, the Philadelphia Eagles practice facility at Camp Fieldside is our favorite NFL contributor, Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. And in the offseason, I forgot the football maven, footballmaven.io slash eagles. Welcome back, sir. How are you? Hey, Tom, doing good. Uh, you might hear in the background today some of the sights and sounds of Eagles training camp. Um, uh, eagles are about ready to play, uh, do a little 11-on-11 11 11 here. Uh, team stuff, so, I, you know, and I'm about uh, 10 yards from the action. So, um, just be forewarned, you might hear a little bit of some training camp sounds. Hey, you know what? That's what it's all about. It gives you goosebumps, man. Yeah. It's time to get started. Hey, you know, before yeah. we get into the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the NFL, one of the stories, and I sent you the text on it, and, and maybe you can enlighten us a little bit, but I thought it was just such a cool, feel-good story. Carson Wentz uh, it goes out and meets uh, a young uh, kid with special needs who uh, just hey, absolutely adores Carson Wentz. What a great story that was. Yeah, you know, and uh, a good friend of mine, Tim McManus from ESPN, is the one that kind of uh, saw that uh, happening. Uh, Carson hugging, uh, I think it was an 11 or 12-year-old boy who had some kind of, uh, uh, you know, he's got a condition that doesn't allow his bones or something to grow. And, uh, you know, it was a very emotional moment. You know, him and Wentz talked, and the boy was crying and called Wentz his hero. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, just a terrific job. And, you know, it's you know, it's easy to be nice, you know, but not a lot of people are willing to do that, to be nice. But, you know, it just shows you the kind of person Wentz is. He's a very humble person. And, 
you know, this isn't about him. Uh, you know, he tries to use his platform to do, you know, greater good, and, you know, that was just one example of it. Well, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles breaking camp. Obviously, Nick Foles is in Jacksonville, uh, so you're without your 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 favorite, the the, world, the most famous backup quarterback around, I guess. But talk with us a little bit about camp. What's going on this week with the Philadelphia Eagles? What are you seeing? What's coming out of the pressers? Uh, let's get ready for 2019 Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, uh, well, the good news for the Eagles is Carson Wentz is healthy. He's having a very good training camp. Um, he's a little leaner than he's been in the past. He won't reveal what his diet has been, but he's, you know, a few pounds lighter. He's probably closer to 230 uh, than 240. Uh, maybe that's by design to kind of keep some stress off of the joints, you know, the knee that he had two years ago, the back that ended his year last year. So uh, he looks sharp right now. You know, I'm watching him here in the shotgun. He's dropping back to pass, and he, and, uh, he finds uh, – Deshaun Jackson for a nice reception. You might hear the crowd clapping in the background. But, yeah, sure. Deshaun Jackson and Wentz, uh, you know, I just mentioned those two guys. They've really had a nice chemistry going in camp, uh, connecting on some deep balls. I expect that to be a big part of the Eagles' offense is that deep ball. And, uh, you know, that's exciting no matter what team you follow is to have that deep, deep connection from quarterback to receiver. Well, Josh Sweat is certainly a, a fan favorite that a lot of people are liking to watch and uh, certainly had a breakout going into his second year. Uh, what are we seeing from him this year? Uh, well, we'll see. Um, you know, it's up to him to have a good camp. You know, the defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, said yesterday that it's really kind of the balls in his court. He has all the tools. He's, you know, he's been compared kind of the Javon Curse, the freak. You know, he's very long. He's very athletic. Uh, he gained about 20 pounds in the offseason. He was 245 last year. Uh, didn't really contribute. But, you know, he's only a fourth-round pick. Um, he's the kind of guy, though, that the Eagles need a fourth defensive end because they have Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Vinnie Curry. Uh, but they need someone to step up in that fourth role. You know, Chris Long has retired. Michael Bennett was traded to the New England Patriots. Uh, and Sweat could be uh, that guy. You know, he's – like I said, he's very, very athletic, very rangy, but he's had some knee injuries and knee issues in the past, beginning in high school when he was one of the top prospects in the country uh, down in Virginia. He went to Florida State, still had some knee issues, but, uh, you know, had a pretty good career at Florida State. So we'll see if he's able to take that leap. They also have another kid, Sharif Miller, from Penn State that they drafted in the fourth round this year. Uh, might get some snaps. And then uh, there's an undrafted free agent from last year, Joe Ostman, who they really like. But uh, right now, that's kind of, to me, one of the biggest weaknesses on this team. Uh, you know, they have depth at so many positions, but that defensive end spot uh, is still kind of being sorted out. Well, let's talk about Carson Wentz. Great quarterback. Uh, certainly, uh, the Eagles believe in him, have, have uh, extended his contract. But Carson Wentz still has to be able to stay healthy. How worried is the Philadelphia Eagles worried about their quarterback? Uh, well, I mean, you know, look, every player in the NFL is at risk for injury. And, you know, I think the Eagles are kind of hoping that, you know, Wentz has had some bad luck with the injuries the last couple of years. And maybe the law of averages will allow him to play all 16 games and beyond. Only 26 years old. Uh, they gave him a huge contract kind of betting that he will be able to stay healthy and get on a nice run over the next few years. And, uh, you know, maybe win a title or two in that time. So, they're very comfortable with him. Uh, they let Foles go. Of course, they really didn't have a whole lot of choice there. They weren't going to pay him, you know, twenty, twenty-two million, whatever it would have cost to franchise him. Uh, so really, they they could they couldn't keep him. So now they look at the backup, 
uh, Nate Sudfeld, who, you know, he's an Indiana uh, product, came out in the same year Carson Wentz mm-hmm. did in 2016, uh, was a sixth-round pick of the Redskins. The Redskins cut him. The Eagles gobbled him up, put him right on their 53-man roster, and they're hoping that, you know, this is his third year in the system, uh, that his knowledge of the system and his, you know, his attributes of size, arm strength, a little bit of mobility will help him should he need to be called on if something happens to Wentz. The one thing he doesn't have, Sudfeld, is the game experience. He hasn't, uh, you know, he, he had a meaningless game that he played at the end of the Eagles Super Bowl season when it meant nothing. Uh, but that's really the only game experience he's had. So that's kind of an issue. If he needs to step in, uh, you know, what is he going to deliver? Well, you know, uh, this time of year we always see uh, people like to pound their chest a little bit and not show up for camp. I think obviously the biggest thing not showing up for camp uh, so far, at least one of the biggest, is Ezekiel Elliott with the Dallas Cowboys not showing up for camp on that. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, look, Ezekiel Elliott gets in a lot of trouble off the field. Um, yeah. You know, now here he is holding out for a contract and, um, yeah, that's going to make an impact on the Cowboys. We saw out Dak Prescott when uh, Elliott was suspended a couple of years ago. Uh, I think the Cowboys went, you know, they had a losing record and Dak didn't play particularly well. Now, you know, hopefully he's gotten better, Dak, and, you know, won't need that running game to take some of the pressure off his shoulders. Uh, but that's a huge loss if, if Elliott stays away. I don't think he will for very long, but, you know, it just kind of shows you uh, what kind of person he is. It's the holdout. Uh, of a contract situation. You see it around the league, Tom. Look at Michael Thomas in New Orleans. You know, he wants $20 million a year. Melvin Gordon in San Diego is holding out. And then you look, you know, to compare it to the Eagles, Malcolm Jenkins uh, stayed away from OTAs, the veteran safety, one of the top probably three or four safeties in this league, but he's paid as the 10th or 11th highest safety in the league. Stayed away from OTAs because he wasn't happy with his contract, but he's in camp. He's, he's here. He's helping uh, this team get ready to win games. He even lined up as a second-team slot cornerback yesterday because the Eagles were a little short with an injury there. So, you know, you have guys like Malcolm Jenkins. They're about the team, and that's what the NFL is about. It's not about one guy. Um, I understand players want to get as much money as they can, but when you have a contract, I think you honor that contract, uh, and you report to camp and you go to work. And You know, you see it around the league. How is Thomas's holdout going to affect the Saints? It's all about Michael Thomas, obviously, all about Melvin Gordon, all about Zeke Elliott. That doesn't speak well of this being a team type of player. And it's teams that win Super Bowls. It's not individuals. Absolutely. You know, I want $20 million a year, too. I think I'm going to call my, my boss and say, hey, I'm not coming in until I get my $20 million. They'll probably just say, hey, bring, bring back your laptop. We need it. <laughs> yeah, well, good, li- yeah, good luck with that. If you need a reference or anything, I'll, I'll vouch for you. But I, I take 10% off the top, just so you know. Fair enough. Fair Fair enough. Let's go hometown here. Uh, my Indianapolis Colts broke camp this week as well. A lot of good signs coming out of camp. Uh, Andrew Luck is out in there, but we're not too overly concerned that he's not taking a lot of snaps, not doing a lot of throwing. Obviously, a guy like Andrew Luck, you, it, just his presence being there helps out a lot. I don't think anybody's in freakout mode. Now, if we get a, little, a few more days in and he's not taking snaps, we're going to ask ourselves, are we getting the – the runaround again from the from the Colts organization about their quarterback Andrew Luck. You know, as as we know in the offseason, we found out that he had just some issues, some minor issues with the shoulder. Said all along would not interfere with anything. He is at camp, but he's taking very limited snaps. What are your thoughts about the Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck, and hey, you know, second year with Frank Reich. We love him here in Indianapolis. Uh, 
Uh, he's a great, great guy and just great feel around the locker room. And uh, So he's, he's good to have. And obviously Ballard uh, doing his thing as well. Uh, and Jim Mercy just kind of letting them do their thing. But uh, Frank Reich, the Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I wouldn't get too worked up about Luck missing some snaps. I mean, we're still in July. You know, it's not about taking snaps in July. It's about taking them in September. So they're going to manage his workload. They're going to bring him along slowly. You know, Luck has that injury history there with the shoulder. And, you know, there's no sense in giving him snaps now. I mean, uh, it's certainly something to monitor. Like you said, if, if he doesn't start taking snaps once August rolls around or, you know, plays a series or two in the preseason, then, then it's a concern, I guess. But still, he's a veteran guy. Uh, you know, he's got, you know, most of the same pieces back in place this season. Uh, a lot of expectations for the Colts this year. Um, you know, so I think Frank Reich is about as transparent as a head coach as I think there is out there. And, uh, you know, if there's an issue, I think he'll uh, be forthcoming with it. But you don't want to reveal too much either uh, because, you know, you don't want other defenses or defensive coordinators uh, exploiting any kind of weakness that Luck might have with, you know, with a, an injury issue. So I wouldn't worry about it. You know, I think the Colts are right where they need to be. Very low drama. We talked about, you know, some individuals holding out for bigger money and all about themselves and not the team. The Colts, they don't have that. You know, I like these teams that have an off season where there's no drama, and the Colts are one of them, as were the Eagles. So, I, you know, I wouldn't worry about uh, Andrew Luck. I think he'll be fine. They're just going to monitor his workload. Uh, July is just kind of a time to, you know, show what you know about the offense, and Luck knows the offense. We're talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, footballmaven.io slash Eagles, live at the practice field. Is it the Novacare? Is that where you're at? Yeah, no, it's the Novacare Complex here in South Philly. Yeah. It's the, you know, the, the football, the link is right across the street where they play on Sundays, and so is Citizens Bank Park where the Phillies play, and uh, the Wells Fargo Center. Although I'm not sure it's called that. It might be the but it's the arena where the 76ers and the Philadelphia Flyers play too. I think it's called the Wells Fargo. It changes names so often it's hard to keep track. But yeah, it's Absolutely. right here it looks, one facility. Yeah, looks like you've had a good off season and some trips to the beach, graduation. Uh, <laughs> looks like a lot of good stuff happening in the off season. So before you on that aspect, it. but it's time to get back to work. Let's talk a little bit about the AFC South. Nick Foles there at Jacksonville. Obviously Marcus Mariota at Tennessee. Uh, we we look at the Texans. The AFC South is not the chump uh, division that they once was. And you know, living here with the Indianapolis Colts, not literally with the Indianapolis Colts, we're in the AFC South and. You know, we're always going to be looking behind our back. And we had the, the uh, division champion uh, game, game in the scopes last year. Can they repeat it? I don't know. But what are your thoughts? Jacksonville's got themselves Nick Foles. Uh, and, you know, Marcus Mariota is starting to make a huge name down there in Tennessee. And, of course, they picked up the backup quarterback uh, from down in Miami who's Name escapes me, but got a chance to talk Ryan, with him at the Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill. That's right. Really nice guy. I had a chance yeah. to talk with him at the Indianapolis 500 this year. What are your thoughts on the AFC South, sir? Uh, yeah, it's a very good division. Um, you know, the Texans. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, they don't have a general manager. You know, you wonder about their leadership structure down there. Davian Clowney uh, isn't happy with his contract. Uh, you know, I don't know, a lot of distraction down there in Houston. And, you know, distractions don't always play or always translate into winning games. So, you know, Houston might be one of those teams that 
uh, might take a step back. Um, you know, every year there's a team that rises, a team that falls. You know, more than one, one or two of those teams rise or fall. And, you know, maybe the Texans are poised for a fall. But, um, I, you know, still you have the Titans, or the, uh, yeah, the Titans, like you mentioned. The Eagles actually opened their preseason with them. So I'll get a little bit of a closer look at Tennessee and their, their roster. Uh, on August 8th when the Titans open the preseason here in Philly, and then the Eagles go the following week uh, to Jacksonville to meet Nick Foles. And, you know, I think the Jaguars will be better just because of Nick Foles. And, you know, some of the way, you know, when you look at Nick Foles, he's a guy that's very laid back, very low-key, very mellow, very good to be around. And, you know, maybe some of that filters down into the locker room where, you know, it's not not always been a, a peaceful place in Jacksonville, that locker room, you know, with Jalen Ramsey and always speaking up and things like that. But, you know, maybe some of that Nick Foles uh, swagger and, and, and laid back um, humbleness kind of rubs off on the Jags. So I, I think the Colts are going to have their hands full. It's going to be a good test for them to try to win that division because to me, there are three other teams and I'm not putting Tennessee or uh, Houston in there. I'm, I'm, you know, but I think Jacksonville and Tennessee will give uh, the Colts a good uh, a good run for their money. Sorry, I got a little distracted there. Carson Wentz just got intercepted by Camus Gruger Hill. <laughs> it's uh, what is it? It's like seven on seven, or uh, yeah, seven on seven work. So sorry, I got a little distracted. I wanted to see. Oh no, that's fine. I, I I was just literally listening to the background noise there while you were talking. It's really cool. Uh, and I, I appreciate you uh, giving it, taking some time and giving us a call uh, from the field. It's a really cool atmosphere there as well. You know, the, the Cleveland Browns, all eyes are on the Cleveland Browns. Everybody's talking about the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield and company have arrived. They, uh, if, you, if you talk to the Cleveland Brown fans, uh, there's no sense to even playing the season. We've already got the Super Bowl. Just go ahead and hand over the, the Lombardi Trophy. I don't know about all of that, but I think that they've got some good stuff in place and they're going to be fun to watch this year. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, talk about expectations. You know, there's certainly a ton of them on the Cleveland Browns' shoulders. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that translates. You know, Baker Mayfield coming into his second season as the quarterback, you know, we've seen in the past some of those Eagles, uh, some of the quarterbacks that have taken that leap in their second year. Mitch Trubisky did it with Chicago. Uh, went from a losing record to 12 and four last year, and then you know Wentz did it from his rookie year when he went seven and nine to you know taking that team you know to home field advantage through the Super Bowl or uh, yeah through the playoffs uh, you know before he got hurt. So he made a big jump, and uh, you know can Baker Mayfield make that big leap? Because really it's going to be on him to take that team where it needs to go. Their defense will be good, uh, but how will Mayfield? Uh, you know how will he? get all those weapons that he has that receiver involved, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., um, Jarvis Landry, you know, players like that. And then the running game, you know, how will they deal with the Duke Johnson distraction? You know, he wants to be traded. Uh, will he get his wish? Uh, you know, Nick Chubb is, looks like he's poised to take off and, you know, have a good, uh, have a good season. So, you know, there are expectations. That's going to be the main thing. And you have a new coach, right? New Freddie Kitchens, a new first year guy, but he was you know, on that staff as the uh, offensive coordinator last year. So, you know, the transition shouldn't be too tough to make. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, there are a lot of questions with the Browns. You can't anoint anybody in this league anything because you still have to play 16 games. You still have to stay relatively healthy. Uh, and you have to find a way to manage those expectations. So we'll see how the Browns do it. It's, a, it's an unfamiliar position for them because 
uh, you know, obviously they haven't been in the playoffs since, you know, I don't know. Uh, I was in diapers maybe, which was a very long time ago. Uh, but, you know, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see how they, they handle these expectations. It's a very unfamiliar position, but I like Mayfield. I think, you know, uh, he's, you're right. They're going to be fun. They have some nationally televised games this year, which is rare for them. Uh, so we'll see how they all they handle all that. It, it's going to be unfamiliar territory. So that's the big thing for me is how do they handle uh, those unfamiliar expectations. The Lions released Theo Reddick after six seasons. What are your thoughts on that decision by the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I like their pickup of Mike Daniels. Uh, they just signed Daniels to that one-year deal after he was released by the Packers. You know, he'll help that defense. Matt Patricia's a defensive guy, so, you know, he gets another piece up front to play with. Uh, you know, we'll see. You know, they, have, they they traded Golden Tate last year to the Eagles midway through the season. Um, so I'm not really familiar with all the weapons the Lions have at this point. Uh, but what does Matthew Stafford have to work with? And, uh, you know, is Jim Bob Cooter the offensive coordinator there? I mean, how – you know, how, what kind of game plans is he going to put together week in and week out um, to, to help them score points? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about the Lions. I think Matt Patricia, it's only his second year, but, you know, they better start winning, uh, and they better win early. And they come to Philadelphia, actually, in the third week of the season, the Lions. So, you know, we'll see where they're at at that point. But, you know, to me, I like their defense a little bit better with that Daniel signing, but I'm not sure uh, releasing Riddick, uh, you know, Obviously, they're happy with that running back from Auburn. His name escapes me. Um, but we'll see. You know, I, I'm not sure the Lions are ready to make that step into the playoff uh, realm yet. They play in a very tough division, the NFC North. Um, and, and right now, they look like maybe they're going to bring up the, the, the tail end of that division behind, you know, the Vikings, Packers, and Bears. Not necessarily in that order. Right. Well, finally, let's talk a little bit about them Oakland Raiders, assumed to be the Las Vegas Raiders, if you will. John Gruden, Antonio Brown shows up in some sort of a balloon, some sort of a weird vehicle. I guess the showboating isn't over for Antonio Brown. Uh, it's only going to be a, a, a circus of uh, whatever with the, with the Oakland Raiders. So what are your thoughts? John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders go into 2019 as they get ready for – Big debut in Vegas in 2020. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I mean, you know, you mentioned it's kind of a circus there, and uh, John Gruden's kind of the ringleader of that circus. You know, I don't, you know, I, again, I, I've been on record before. I'm not sure uh, Gruden has adapted to uh, to this game after being away for so long. We'll see uh, this year if he is. They they had three first round draft picks uh, that are going to have to come in and. Uh, you know, prove themselves. Uh, will they be improved? You know, the AFC West is so good with the Chiefs, the Chargers, who I like as a, you know, kind of a, a possibility to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, San Diego now, of course, Melvin Gordon. We'll see how that whole thing plays out. That does not help the cause. Um, but, yeah, I think the Raiders, again, they're a little like the Lions to me. I'm really not sure they're ready to make that step up into playoff contention yet. I, You know, Will they win more than what they win last year? Four, four or five games? I can't remember. Maybe a few more. But you know, I can't see them. I can't see them finishing with more than eight wins. Uh, Gruden still has a lot to show me. Uh, and then, you know, those rookies uh, asking rookies to come in and play and contribute significant roles isn't an always easy, isn't always an easy thing to do. So uh, we'll see how they're able to transition. But I, I don't know. I just we'll, we'll see. Maybe 2020 when they go to Vegas. They'll be kind of on that, you know, ready to take that next step into playoff 
attention, and that's probably their goal is to, uh, you know, hit Vegas and be able to uh, take the desert by storm, if you will, when they get there. And this will kind of be a building year, I think, towards that goal. Talking, been talking with Ed Kraft. He's calling us from the Nova Center there in Philly. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles beat writer. Uh, thanks for giving us the call and giving us access there to hear the background of what's going on in, in, in training camp. Any final thoughts, words of wisdom? What are we looking at? What are some of the things, some of the stories you're working on this week? What are we uh, looking at as camp develops in, as we uh, go into week two of uh, camps with the NFL? Yeah, I, you know, as far as the Eagles go, you know, there's all, there's tons of stories here. You know, they have uh, a lot of depth at wide receiver, uh, you know, but can Matt Collins and Shelton Gibson, those are two guys that the Eagles drafted uh, a couple of years ago. Can they make the roster? Uh, you know, they have Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, the top three spots. And that's pretty good. I, you know, I expect maybe the Eagles might make a trade here at some point. Uh, maybe trading to Nelson Aguilar. Um, but, you know, it's just going to kind of be watching practice here at the NovaCare and, uh, you know, kind of trying to develop some storylines as I'm watching the practice. You know, Carson Wentz always, you want to keep an eye on him. Um, and then the Eagles have this rookie quarterback they drafted, Clayton Thorson from Northwestern, who's out there now uh, in seven on seven, just made a nice throw to uh, one of those receivers uh, trying to make the team. So, you know, just kind of let, watching it all unfold, Tom, and keeping an eye around the league as much as I can. You know, usually I get a little tunnel vision this time of year uh, with the Eagles because I'm here every day. So, it, you know, and I'm here for long hours, and when I'm done, I'm done. I don't want to have to go check out more football. So, uh, But I try to there you keep go. an eye on the rest of the league as much as possible. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I got somebody who called who didn't – I didn't know they were calling – but I, he, he's a, good, a big fan of yours. He wants to say hello. Mr. Rick Riggin, how are you, sir? <laughs> hey, pretty good, Tom. Hey, I wanted to catch you, Ed, before you uh, escape us for the day to do your uh, your football watching. But I just want to make yeah. a comment since you guys are talking about the king of the north, and that is the Lions. You know, Matt Patricia looks like the guy that will order the, the turf and turf. <laughs> and Carry yeah. on Johnson is the running back's name that, that, that yeah. escaped you. Thank you. Yeah, and you called them the Kings of the North, Rick. Was that it? The Kings of the North. Uh, yeah, the King of the yeah, but Game, game of Thrones fan. I'm a game. Yeah. I'm a Game of Thrones reference. I'm a Game of Thrones fan. So oh, that's all. Okay, okay. Every King of the North dies. That's all. That's all I'm getting at. Every King of the North <laughs> ends up dying. So. <laughs> well, yeah, it could be a painful death in Detroit this year, unfortunately. Hey, but you know, Rick, my son spent a week out or a month out there uh, in Detroit. He's actually flying home today. He was out there training for a job. So. He went. He took in a Tigers game when the Phillies were out there, and uh, I'm gonna be. I told him to keep an ear out for the, you know, any Lions news. So I'll, I'll be interested to hear what he has to say when I pick him up at the airport later this afternoon. Uh, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Ed, I, so I've been keeping a keeping. Yeah, good talk to you. I've been keeping track of of you on Facebook. You know, congratulations on everything you've done this year so far. And I was really jealous a couple months back. You rented a Lamborghini or whatever it was down in Florida. How was that? <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah, well, I, I got, saw that too. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I had good good practice uh, putting down the window and showing my driver's license every time I I got pulled over by the police yeah, yeah. for speeding. But uh, uh, I I don't know if you saw too. I I saw a McLaren in the Eagles parking lot here at the facility the other day. I put a picture of that on Facebook and um, you know beautiful car. I think it belongs to Jalen Mills. But uh, you know certainly oh, I'm gonna nice. go fund me. I'm going to start a GoFundMe site and try and, you know, see if anybody wants to contribute to my next uh, my next ride 
right, guys. Speaking speaking of ride, I I, I got to roll on into the next segment here. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, calls us from the Nova Care Center in Philadelphia uh, on the field with the Philadelphia Eagles, hoping to break down camp. Rick Riggin, thanks for joining us. Are you going to stick around? Because if you want to stick around, you can. But we're going to get into some NASCAR talk, and then we can talk some college football after that. If you want to stick around, Rick. Well, I'm going to tease college football. I actually have to go today, but a couple weeks, I'm going to be back at it here full-time, college football here on the ballot. All right, so we're going to get ready to go to Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. We're talking to NASCAR with us. Ed, where can people so, find uh, your work in your Matt sir? Less than five yeah, well, you hit me up on Twitter, at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z, and you mentioned my website a few times, Tom. I appreciate that. It's www.footballmaven.io slash eagles. Uh, if anybody wants to, uh, you know, keep an eye on that and the Eagles, uh, that's the place to go. All right, buddy. Have a good day. And thanks uh, for taking some time to give us a call from the practice center uh, there in Philadelphia. Anytime. Let's do it again soon. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, helping us break our own camp, NFL, uh, breaking around. We're just going to roll right into this next segment because we got this next A-list guest for a very short amount of time. His people said, hey, he's, he's very, very limited. Mr. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. How are you, sir? Good, man. How you doing? Good, good. Ready for the golf course? Ready for the links? Nice little day for it. I'm not very good. So I don't take it as serious as maybe some do, but uh, no, it'll be fun. Did you play down at John's uh, uh, little little thing yesterday? Um, no, we played down in uh, Morgan County a couple weeks ago, and yeah, uh, it was a nice little course down there. And um, I always uh, I always preference my golf game by how many balls I lose. So I only lost two over eighteen. So I guess I played pretty decent. Well, you're doing better than than me because I preface my golf game about how many beers I drink, and and um, I'm usually <laughs> around eighteen too. So you know, one beer per hole. <laughs> There's that, that's a solid pace to keep up. Oh man, I tell you what. Well, let's talk a little NASCAR. I appreciate you jumping on and and talking some NASCAR with uh, with us. Obviously, uh, the Xfinity Sin Series, the Gander RV V150 uh, today at Pocono, um, and they are in Pocono this week. I lost my, my I lost my thing. Sorry. Um, but give us just uh, yeah, just give us a little take of where we're at with, with the season this so far this season. Obviously, a great race a couple weeks ago with brother against brother. Uh, that was really exciting to watch. Great race last week. Uh, and I tell you what, it's it's really starting to, to pick up there in the NASCAR arena. What are your thoughts? No, you're right. I mean, it's it's, it's time to kind of go or don't go, and, and we saw that last week with Kevin Harvick, who this time last year had six wins already on the season, and he just got his first last week. Um, it seems like the whole season been dominated by Logano, Keselowski, and Kyle Busch. Um, Alex Bowman stuck at a win last month at Chicagoland. Um, there's a lot of guys trying to get into that 16th spot to, you know, or stay above that line. We saw it with Kyle Larson, who doesn't have a win this year. His teammate, Coach Bush, got that win, as you mentioned, at Kentucky a few weeks ago. And Larson was in trouble yesterday. He got into a wreck in practice. So they're behind the eight ball in Pocono. Um, it'll be a good race. It's, it's, it's very similar. There's a lot of things that these drivers can learn that they could take to Indianapolis in a couple weeks, which we know is the last race before the playoffs. And then obviously next year it turns in July. But 
Um, you got to look for guys that are trying to get their first one of the year to cement um, their ticket to the playoffs. And those are guys like Ryan Blaney, Clint Boyer, Eric Almarola, Kyle Larson. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of drivers that still need to get that first win in 2019. Well, yeah, and, and there's just a, I think there's two more slots open, and we'll, and we'll see where who who gets to fill those slots. But one who who's definitely in in the playoffs is Joey Logano, and I like to watch Joey. He's he's a fun driver, even though he's aggressive and not always uh, the, the the fan. Uh, well, he's a fan favorite, but not always a driver favorite on on the track. But Joey Logano going into P- Pocono, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Penske as a whole is really good there. Uh, Ryan Blaney got his first career win, and Joey Logano is really good there. Um, it's just about having a balanced car, and it doesn't seem there's a lot of yellows at Pocono, so you got to have long green flag run speed. Um, and normally the Penske guards are really good at that. Logano is a, is a threat to win week in and week out. Uh, I think he's got a good chance tomorrow. Uh, we'll see how qualifying stacks up, but you can never count out Joey Logano. You can never count out Team Penske. Well, let's talk about one of the Bush brothers, and that's uh, number 18, Kyle Bush. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Kyle, uh, he's my favorite to win tomorrow. He's really good at Pocono. He's really good at those at the long, super speedway-type tracks. And obviously, this one's a little bit different, but that would be an interesting race. He gets fanned out there early on, especially uh, restarts when you can go four, five, six, even seven wide. Sometimes we see on the front straightaway at Pocono. So Kyle Bush is certainly the favorite. Um you know, Denny Hamlin's got a couple wins this year. Martin Truex Jr. is always in contention. Gibbs seems to be the top team in NASCAR this year with Penske not too far behind. And, you know, finally, Stuart Haas Racing breaks in last week. He gets the first win with Kevin Harvick. There's a lot of strategy that goes into Pocono. Um, it used to be a 500-mile race. Now it's on the 400. Long green flag runs. Can you save fuel? Um, can you stay out of trouble? Um, so we'll see some different strategy uh, throughout the stages tomorrow. And then, obviously, for the for the win, because like, as we mentioned, there's there's about a group of five to eight drivers that are trying to get that first win to make sure they are locked into the playoffs. Talking with Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Appreciate you taking some uh, uh, time to join us. I know you're getting ready to, uh, to jump on the golf course. Uh, I have to say I'm jealous, that's for sure. Brad Kolosky, number two, Brad Kolosky in the Ford machine. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, Brad's tough. He's always tough. He's going to be in contention again tomorrow. Um, you know, he, I think it's Kozlowski. Last week he was so good early in that race. And then he kind of faded, which is not normal for a Team Penske driver. He finished 10th last week in New Hampshire. Normally, Brad may be starting anywhere from 5th to 12th, and then just gradually moves his way up to the field. But the last week was opposite, so I expect a bounce back for him. And I think when we get down on that championship four in Homestead coming up in November around Thanksgiving, it's going to be Brad Keselowski is one of those four, four drivers that are contending for the championship. So if you're looking at the playoff series as it stands now, uh, who would you say obviously is on the bubble, and who would you say is going to get in? Who's going to who's going to get not get in? And I guess what I'm asking you who's who's going to be the the final uh, selection of the playoff run? Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be tough. It's going to come down to um, this next month, as we know. And there's some tough tracks. You know, you got Bristol, you got High Speed in Michigan, and then you got Indianapolis. Um, you look at those guys that don't have a win that are right there on the cusp. Kyle Larson, he had a win last year. Ryan Blaney um, had a win last year in the Roval, made the playoffs. William Byron is 12th right now in the standings. Eric Jones has been very good and has come on lately uh, for Joe Gibbs Racing, but he doesn't have a win. Remember last year he scored that win at Daytona that got him into the playoffs. Ryan Newman, Clint Boyer, 15th and 16th. A guy like Jimmy Johnson, who has a second-place finish this year, 
um, Daniel Suarez, Paul Bernard. I think I think Johnson will find a way to get in. Um, I've been really surprised with Ryan Newman. And last week went to a backup car, started in the back, uh, drove it into the top ten. That's a car that last year that six car for Roush does not have a lot of speed. So I'm impressed with Ryan Newman, 15th in the points right now. Do I think he's going to stay and make it into the playoffs? I don't. Um, I think Jimmy Johnson will find a way to sneak in there. Chase Elliott, I like this kid. I've liked him ever since he, they uh, they brought him up, and and he's ever since he's been a rookie. Chase Elliott at Pocono tomorrow. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Chase has a, has a good chance to score a top ten. I don't think he's going to win. It seems like Kendrick Motorsports has kind of been behind. Um, you know, we're used to seeing them as the number one team in NASCAR throughout all those years. Now they're probably fourth or fifth. Um, the thing with Chase is, is he's got that win. He's he's eighth in points. He can play a little bit of a conservative role if he needs to. Um, but I think that, that Napa Chevy is going to be a top 10 tomorrow. Do I think he's going to be in contention for the win? I don't, but he's got a lot of tracks that are really good for him coming up with Watkins Glen coming up. Bristol, he's always good at in Michigan. So I expect Chase to have a really big month of August uh, heading into the playoffs. Let's break down Pocono, uh, the track, obviously one of the most scenic tracks on the on the NASCAR uh, series. Uh, certainly a, a fun track uh, to, to race at, both IndyCar and NASCAR race there. Uh, but tomorrow, Pocono, uh, break, let's break down that track. And what are your thoughts, the X's and the O's, the dark horses? What, what are your thoughts going into Pocono tomorrow? Yeah, we're going to – it's going to have to be – it seems like – time they go to Pocono range so there's always that factor in um, you're going to have drivers like Clint Boyer uh, drivers like Ryan Newman those guys right on the cusp of making the playoffs uh, going different strategies I like Kyle Busch tomorrow um, it's a track where you're going to have to take four tires on every stop you know New Hampshire last week we saw a lot of two tire stops um, and, and you can make the tires last at Pocono big tricky triangle only three turns um, all three turns are different we see havoc in all three of them um, but it's going to be huge if there's a late race restart, what positions you can make up, where you position yourself in, in that restart, and how they fan out. Because we, we've seen it with NASCAR fans out so often on that front straightaway. So it should be a good one, um, but I expect Kyle Busch to be up there. Yeah, fun fact about those uh, three corners. One of the corners is actually designed, I think, after turn two at, at Indianapolis. The other one's Talladega, and the other one's Daytona. Am I correct on that, those three? I think it's I think it's Indy, um, and then it's Milwaukee, and oh Milwaukee, and I right. believe it's the old Trenton Speedway out in California. I got you, got you. Well, I appreciate you, Tony, joining us. I hope you have a good good game there, and uh, uh, we'll we'll have to have you report back to us because it was great <laughs> having you talk NASCAR in your Jim Nance voice. So, so oh, you yeah. got to end oh. by saying, "Welcome, friends." We are nestled upon. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry there was no music playing in the background. We'll have to work on that for next week. <laughs> we'll do it, buddy. You have yourself a good weekend, sir. Thanks for joining us. You too, bud. Take care. Thanks. Tony Dada, who uh, from the Tony D podcast joins us to talk to NASCAR. Uh, he was on the golf course. He's like, I'm going to be on the golf course tomorrow, but I'll, I'll call in for a few minutes while I'm waiting to tee off. I'm like, that's really cool. So that's awesome. Ed Kratz joins us from the, the um, practice field of the Philadelphia Eagles. It was really fun to hear all that in the background. Matthew Embry from WSBT in South Bend joined us for some uh, NASCAR talk. Surprise call. Surprise guest by Rick Rickin, official college football contributor, college football blogger. Uh, he's been on the show for many, many years. Good friends of his uh, with him, and it was good to have him just kind of pop in. There and of course, so what, what, we're going to still continue this football talk. 
And uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour, Mo from the BS Sports Show, we're going to continue the NFL talk. The NFL camps are open, and we're going to – And if, certainly if you want to talk some NFL with us or anything, give us a call, 917-889-8516. We're overdoing a break. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous pork chop down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. 
GEICO makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on GEICO.com or the GEICO mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. time in the books got off schedule a little bit there but that's all good it's all good because hey it's it's july it's saturday saturday morning sun's out at least it's out here in indianapolis high atop the balance studios in the west suburbs of indianapolis indiana just a little west of the famed indianapolis motor speedway we'll be at in a few weeks uh, for NASCAR uh, in the Brickyard, and we'll be there, and we will be talking some NASCAR about that as well. Speaking of NASCAR, thank you to Tony Donahue uh, for joining us from the golf course to talk with us in his Jim Nance voice before he teed off. We do appreciate the time they did that. <laughs> Rick Reagan made a surprise visit as well. Uh, we'll we'll have him on here in a few weeks. He's a our college football guru, uh, and uh, so he helps us along with college football. He's been a part of the show for a good number of years, and so uh, we look forward to having him back on on a regular basis uh, to talk college football with us. A little NFL every now and then. Uh, so we'll 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 uh, look forward to having that him on in a couple weeks Matthew Embry WSBT up in South Bend gives a call talk to IndyCars IndyCar rolls into mid-Ohio so hey you know Ed Kratz called us uh, from the NovaCare practice facility in Philadelphia <laughs> yeah you know I didn't get into that with him I'm glad Rick brought that up I I, I uh, we had so much to cover in just limited amount of time that 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 he has a uh, very restricted schedule that he has. So um, uh, <laughs> we get, we had to grab him when we could grab him, you know. So that's why we had to kind of mix up our our schedule today. But yeah, he was on vacation down in South Florida with his family uh, after his son graduated college, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he rented a Lamborghini down there for, you know, a few hours. Nothing extravagant, but I thought that was really cool. And he did do that, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, not everybody can own one like myself. Oh, no. Of course, I did, I'm not holding out for that $20 million like Ezekiel Elliott's uh, doing. <laughs> but the NFL is here. Going camp in 2019, title of our show. NFL's broke camp across the nation. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Make sure you're also following us on the media of social and on the book of faces and the tweet birds. Twitter, at T-Balance. 
Facebook. Just search The Balance, like our page. And uh, I have to admit, though, we, we've been slacking a little bit on our updates on the Facebook page, on the Book of Faces. I'll fall on the sword on that. But we're good with Twitter. We're good with Twitter. So follow us on Twitter at T. T-Balance. We're also in the process of redoing our website, so just uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, more information to, to come on that. You can also make sure that, and you might already be doing this if you're listening to us and not live, you're listening to us on the podcast format, which is on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, really uh, Blog Talk here, obviously, that our facilitator, um, really anywhere that you can find a podcast. Most cases you can you can find us there, um, and more things to come on that as our podcast does grow. We've got some things in the works that we're working on on that. Can't quite tell you about it just yet, but it's pretty big. It's a pretty next big step for us. Obviously, we've been doing this thing called the Balance for several years, and really build our audience. And thanks to you guys. I mean, heck, uh, if it wasn't for you, I'd, be, I'd just be standing here talking to myself which maybe i am i don't know <laughs> talking to my beagle the the new balance mascot is the beagle if i don't know how many of you might follow the uh follow me on on facebook or whatever but it's i'm pretty open so you pretty easy to find but uh, you can meet the beagle in there uh so penny she's uh else but she's fitting well into the pack here on the balance team and so i uh, get to have penny the mascot i digress i know i'm actually um we're, we're standing by we're gonna have mo from the mo from the bs sports show on with us to talk to, to continue to talk to some nfl so um i didn't want to get too in depth uh, about anything. <laughs> oh, one of those days. See, that's what happens. I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. So my screen needed to be refreshed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to type in my password. Giving you, giving you the, the behind the scenes. Okay, we're gonna do this. Hold on. There. <laughs> Couldn't remember my password. I know, way too, too much information. Like, let's get back into sports. <laughs> you know, we we can. I did want to get into some of the the NFL stories um, around the league. I, obviously, we talked uh, a little bit about Theo Reddick uh, being released after six seasons with the Detroit Lions. And I meant to ask, I meant to ask Rick when he called, because I know he's a big Game of Thrones fan. I am too. But I have to admit that I was kind of like, got busy. I, I tried to, 
I tried to um, binge and get caught up, and it just didn't happen, so I kind of fell off. And then, obviously, if you're connected to social media, a lot of people were unhappy with the way the Game of Thrones ended. Maybe you're one of those people. I'm I'm all into Stranger Things. Uh, no spoilers, but uh, I'm almost to the end of that. Yeah, but you know, I I, I, I lo- what I love about Stranger Things is just the nostalgic look. The remember the the movie probably if you're an '80s child like myself, if you will. I wasn't really an '80s child. I was more of an '80s teenager. But nonetheless, you remember the Gremlins and that camaraderie between uh, between kids and. That's kind of how Stranger Things was when it first started, and and then in the second season. But it seems like, and you know, I don't want to. If you if you haven't started watching Stranger Things, well, shame on you, uh, because it started on July fourth, and shame on me for not have finished all eight episodes. And I think that'll get finished tonight. I'm pretty sure that'll happen. Um, and but it it seems like they keep adding more monsters. Maybe I'm not a big fan of it. I'm okay with it, but I don't know. It just seems like it's kind of gotten off track a little bit. But I'm going to say, from based on what I've heard about the Game of Thrones, that the it's not near as bad as um, as the Game of Thrones as far as the ending goes. Now, I believe that at least what's scheduled. Uh, is one more season of Stranger Things. I don't know exactly when that'll be released, but I've heard that Stranger Things 4 is the final season for Stranger Things. So we'll see how that uh, comes about. Um, but yeah, but when Rick made that Game of Thrones reference of uh, all the kings in the north die. <laughs> I always wanted to get get his thoughts on on the end of uh, Stranger Things. NFL's here. We're standing by. We'll be getting uh, getting in, into more of this with uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show. But uh, you know, some some news um, coming out of the Patriots camp. Patriots quarterback, not named Tom Brady, is being asked to switch positions. Uh, Ala Julian. So. We'll see what happens there with the with the New England Patriots. Obviously, we talked about the Lions releasing uh, uh, Theo Reddick after six seasons. Um, I think that was kind of a big surprise, and and uh, we didn't get a chance to get into too much detail about that. But you know, he, he was one of the uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess they had their reasons. I don't know that that would have been the first person that I would have went to. Indianapolis Colts obviously broke camp this week, too. Uh, Andrew Luck not taking a lot of snaps. And and as we talked with um, Ed Kratz earlier, our official uh, NFL contributor, we talked with him about um, that. And and his, his thoughts was just not to be overly concerned about him not taking snaps in July, you know, would be concerned if he's not taking snaps in September, obviously. Uh, but, you know, just to kind of manage his, his workload. And um, so we'll, we'll see how that, how that plays out. And, you know, I think Ballard, I think, I think Ballard and Frank Reich have all the pieces in place. Now, yes, there's some holes to fill, 
but, but I think we're in a very good position to keep Andrew Luck up on his feet. Uh, obviously, home team for me here in Indianapolis. I'm big diehard Colts fan, so I follow the Colts quite thoroughly. But even, you know, even if I wasn't a, a Colts fan, you got to know that Andrew Luck's one of the best uh, quarterbacks to ever play the game, if you will. Uh, and am I saying he's the best? No. So don't jump all over me. He's no Tom Brady. He's no Peyton Manning. No, he's not. But he's certainly one of the best. And so, you know, as the season moves along, and I want to encourage you all to get ready for fantasy football. If you want to join the fantasy football uh, league, we'll have that up here in a week or so on the social media world. Uh, So all you've got is free for bragging rights. We have a lot of fun with it, but there is a very limited amount of space that we can do. I think we cap it at 14. So once we get that 14, it fills up like quick, real quick. And then we have a lot of people that, that return from year to year. And that's one of the, the things that we, we'd like to have you do is if you play and you like it, you are, you're automatically guaranteed first rights to re- refusal to your spot. So we also, we only have a few limited spots open in the balance um, fantasy football. So that's going to be uh, coming your way soon as well. So keep your eyes appealed as fantasy football is about to get underway. And then we'll, of course, you know, we'll, we'll incorporate fantasy football every, every week here in the show and talk about uh, the studs and the duds, the starters, the injury reports. We'll get into all of that. Trust me. That's a coming. My name is Tom Marquis El Presidente. Going to take a break. Be back with Mo for the BS Sports Show. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Welcome back to the balance. We're coming out of the final stretch of today's show. Thank you, Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, uh, joined us to talk about IndyCar rolling into mid-Ohio. Also, uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, our official NFL contributor, called us from the practice field of Philadelphia, Novacare Field. I talked with us about the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and just talk around the NFL as far as camps breaking. And uh, uh, Rick Riggin just made a surprise call to uh, uh, talk about Theo Reddick, but that's okay. Uh, he'll be on in a couple weeks to talk some college football. Also, Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast joined us to talk to NASCAR. We always save the best for last. Mo from the BS Sports Show uh, joins us now to continue our NFL kickoff season. Always like to say it's back. And welcome back, Mo. How are you, Mo? Good. It sounds like your dogs are pissed, though. Oh, can you hear them? I, I tell you what, that's having the beagle. I don't know how to, outside of duct tape in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> She's wanting, she's wanting to see whatever's outside, and so we just kind of got to bear with it. You know, you know, yeah, Ed my, called my us from. Oh, I tell you what, she's a good dog, but the beagle. And I know you follow me on social media, so you've seen the adventures of the beagle. You know, you you've oh, got yeah. kids. You you have to toddle proof your house, or you have to puppy proof your house. I tell you. What, if it can be found, if it can be chewed up, 
she'll it, find it. it. it, it she, it's like having a, it's like having a new baby. Oh, it, you're not kidding. And like so, the other last week, she was like kept hacking and hacking and hacking. She finally hacked up. So I've got so I, I just got some artificial flowers around the house. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm that guy. But uh, uh, I didn't even know she'd ate it. But she ate some of those artificial flowers and just puked it all up. So I digress. I digress. <laughs> Let's get into some NFL talk. Obviously, Mo, uh, we'll start with your home group, and that is we'll start with the Cleveland Browns. We'll go over to the Chicago Bears. I know you covered both of those. Cleveland Browns, everybody thinks this is the big year. Lots of things. Looking forward to the Browns with Baker Mayfield and company. I think every Browns fan says we don't need to even have a season. Just go ahead and deliver the Vince Lombardi trophy and take the rest of the year off. We got this, folks. Not so fast, guys, but certainly a lot of excitement with the Cleveland Browns. Well, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday, and it seems almost like what the NBA has become to where it feels like a lot of the the best players now have moved over to the AFC, and the NFC maybe is a little lighter on some of the great players because you look at, uh, you know, a team like like the Cleveland Browns who picked up Odell Beckham Jr., who picked up Olivier Vernon from the uh, from the Giants, and uh, you know you add uh, their 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 pick Greedy Williams to that defense, and uh, it looks like a team that is just going to uh, dominate. But just like the Colts and their division is going to be very tough this year, you look at uh, you look at this Cleveland Browns team, and they're still in a very tough division. The Steelers still going to be good, even with the, some losses they've had. The the Ravens still going to be pretty darn good. Uh, even with some of the losses they had, and the Bengals as well. So uh, it, it's a tough division for the Browns. I mean, there's a lot of expectations. And this is also a team with a first-year head coach who's never dealt with this, a uh, second-year quarterback who's never dealt with these expectations. So a lot of expectations being on the Browns, some they haven't dealt with in 20-plus years. Well, it, it's good for the Browns. I mean, every team deserves to have that time in the spotlight. Uh, the Cubs, I, as much as I hate it, they, they seem to have found their niche. Uh, when when they got to, uh, their 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 new president Epstein over uh, from the Red Sox and it seemed to bring a lot of magic over and so they finally got their stuff figured out and and, and here they are leading the National League Central again so it's good to see teams that uh, get their act together I hope that it, that it stays uh, that way with the Cleveland Browns uh, but but we we will see let's talk about the other team that I know you do a lot of time covering and that's the Chicago Bears talk with us about camp with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Shaheen is uh, ready to be a, a big part of that offense. It's certainly a, a fan favorite there at camp. Well, I mean, what you look for this year, the, the biggest thing with a young quarterback like they will with Baker uh, in, you know, a year, another year, a third year for Mitchell Trubisky is can he continue to improve? And that's going to be the big thing for the Chicago Bears because they've got a lot of studs on defense, led by Khalil Mack. Uh, who looks even more hungry than he was last year after being traded. And now you're going to have a full uh, fledged season of Coyle McNoah in the playbook, uh, you know, a guy who, uh, who who is just a beast when it comes to that. But, you know, last year he's traded right before the season starts, so he was a little shaky from the get-go, uh, you know, a little winded in those first few games. But now he's a guy who's going to be on the field leading the defense and ready to go. You know, they do have the loss of Vic Fangio, who's now the head coach of the uh, Denver Broncos. But, again, I think the biggest thing for them – uh, is to keep that receiving core uh, healthy. 
which is something the Bears have struggled to do over the last five or six years. But for the uh, continued growth of Mitchell Trubisky, you don't want to see him regress and take a step backwards because that will be detrimental to what the Bears are trying to do. Uh, so you know, I think the season uh, depends a lot uh, on, on what Mitchell Trubisky becomes, will he become that uh, that continuous, you know, maybe Pro Bowl quarterback this year. And obviously they've uh, – They've moved on from their kicker, Cody Parkey, who they're paying a lot of money not to play for them this year. So uh, there's a lot of excitement around the Bears. You look at this division, and I think it's pretty wide open. So, uh, you know, it it should be hopefully another division title for the Chicago Bears. Well, let's try to walk around the NFL, if you will. We'll start uh, here in the AFC South. That's obviously our our home team area here, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, We talked a little bit earlier with Ed, Nick Foles, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, Marcus Mariota uh, there in, in Tennessee. And, of course, you've got the Texans. The AFC South as a whole I think is getting stronger year by year. I think the coach, Frank Reich, uh, and uh, uh, Ballard has the right pieces in place to make it happen. Uh, certainly kind of impressed with what I've seen out of camp with the Colts. Uh, Luck not taking a lot of snaps right now. Of course, Ed says that's nothing to worry about at the moment. But the AFC South, uh, looking forward into 2019, their camps. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, it's probably the second toughest, or maybe maybe even still the toughest uh, division in the league. Uh, you know, the Colts, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, expectations for the Colts after after what happened last year. After they started one and five, made the playoffs into the second round. Uh, you know, they're, they're a good team. You know, Jacksonville improves with Nick Foles. Uh, you know, the Texans kept uh, most of their big free agents in Tyron Matthews, Davion Clowney. So uh, they're a team that was already good last year. And then you look at the Titans. I mean, I think for the Titans this year, they're a team that continues to try to build around Marcus Mariota. But he's a guy that his progress has been very slow. Uh, you know, he's taking little steps here and there. Then he'll take a step backwards. Then he'll be injured. Uh, but, you know, back enough this year is Ryan Tannehill, the former Dolphins starter. So I would think that, uh, you know, at some point uh, there could be a quarterback switch. Uh, Mariota is obviously the starter going into the season. But I think the Titans are looking for a giant leaps forward from him this year. And if not, uh, you know, you could see Mariota through the second part of the season. Uh, you know, as the backup. So every team, I think, in that division has gotten better. It's just for the Titans, particularly, will they see the steps at quarterback to move forward uh, with Mariota that they need to see? Well, every year we talk about the AFC East and the, and the and the New England Patriots. Obviously, that's a, always a big story. The Jets, and you got the Dolphins, and you got the Bills. And it's really, when you look at those other teams, it's, it's no wonder that the New England Patriots are always the top dog in the AFC East. Are we going to play that same tune again this year, you think? Yeah, I mean, I think so, because I, I think the Jets have gotten better. Again, this is another one. It sounds like a broken record, but you look for Sam Darnold to – to shake up some of those mistakes from year one. Uh, the addition of Le'Veon Bell will help that offense tremendously and take pressure off of Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, the defense wasn't terrible last year, but, uh, you know, Adam Gaze to me is a humongous douche who had a power struggle with his uh, GM, got him ousted. So, you know, he was very unsuccessful uh, in Miami. So, hey, the Jets thought, why not? Let's make him our head coach. He didn't do well down there. Why not? Why not bring him here? So, uh, you know, head coaching-wise, I don't know that that was the smartest decision, but you feel like the Jets have gotten a little better. Buffalo uh, probably going to be average like they were last year, and the Dolphins will probably be uh, uh, competing for uh, Tua Tungavailova. 
Yeah, we talked a little bit about the AFC North and when the Browns and the Steelers are, are, are a few minutes ago. Uh, but what, what are your thoughts about the Ravens and the Bang- I mean, the Ravens and the Bengals? Uh, any any uh, storylines we're following there? Oh, you know, I mean, the Ravens did lose uh, uh, C.J. Mosley. They lost a couple of guys off that defense, but also made some good replacements. You know, I do like some of the free agent signings that the that they had. They moved on from Joe Flacco. Uh, which was probably smart at that point. They freed up uh, a lot of cap space with moving on from him. Uh, so, you know, it'll just be interesting to see, get, you know, Tavares Jackson, uh, you know, can they move forward? Can that, you know, style work for uh, for the Bengals? Because obviously they're all in now. Um, and then you look at the Bengals, it, it, it's a, it seems like the same old song and dance, but for the first year they've got a new voice. Uh, you know, in Cincinnati, will this be uh, will this be a step forward? Will Andy Dalton continue to uh, be the starting quarterback? I, I think that you could see this be the last year of Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. New coach, a lot of times want to have have his own guy in there. Uh, he's a guy who couldn't stay healthy last year. So uh, you know, and their Bengals team is a team that started off four and one last year. So they've got the players that to do it. They've got guys on defense. It's just always keeping Andy Dalton and A.J. Green healthy, and they've struggled to do that over the past four or five years. Let's look at the AFC West. We've got the Broncos and, of course, a very strong Kansas City Chiefs uh, team, and they're, they're looking to repeat exactly what they did last year. Um, the Chargers and the Raiders, obviously the Raiders showboat team. We talk, we've talked them to death. Antonio Brown shows up in some sort of hot air balloon. I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. They, they are our comic relief, if we, if we will. Um, the Raiders are the, the Raiders now in 2019 are reminding me back in the days with John Madden and the Raiders, and that just the 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 careless way, the bad attitudes, the just just the, the way they were back in the 70s. Maybe that's the maybe that's the look that and feel that they want, but. It just seems like the Raiders are always just one big uh, cluster, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I agree with you. I think there's a, a lot of weird attitudes and a lot of uh, showboaters on this team. But imagine if John Gruden can figure out a way to pull this all together because there is a lot of talent on that football team. There's a lot of a lot of outside mess and distractions. But, man, there's a lot of talent on that team too. So if Gruden can figure out a way – to pull this together because I think Derek Carr has the receivers and the line uh, for him to go back to being, you know, what should have been an MVP season where he got hurt against the Colts a couple of years back. So, uh, you know, this could be a very interesting year for the Raiders and you know, also their last year in Oakland. So it's a, you know, it, it's a, uh, going to be a, a weird, uh, a weird season, I think altogether for the Raiders, but, there is a lot of talent on that team, so it could be interesting to see. The Chargers feel like they're um, they may take a, a little bit step backwards. I still think they're a good football team, uh, but the, the Melvin Gordon situation will be interesting to see what what happens there because talk is he could wind up missing games if he holds out for a contract. Uh, you know, the Chiefs uh, I think are still good. They need to find a way to replace Kareem Hunt this year uh, because that uh, when he when he went away, their offense changed a little bit. wasn't as dynamic. Uh, they need to be better on defense. And, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a division. I mean, the Broncos, I, I don't think it's going to be competing for anything, but uh, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting division with uh, to watch Patrick Mahomes uh, mature this year and to watch the uh, uh, the cluster that is the Raiders. But, you know, could they be a dangerous cluster this year? Let's move on over to the NFC West. <laughs> Excuse me. Obviously, 
That's where two of the top picks of the of the NFL draft, uh, and one of the top coaches in the NFL there in the NFC West. You got the Cardinals who picked up Kyle Murray, and the 49ers picked up Nick Boza here recently. This past week, we saw where the Rams extended to all the way to 2023. The coach with Sean McVay and general manager Snead. That's a huge, huge. Uh, plus uh, for the Rams and the Rams organization, of course, you got the Seattle Seahawks, which also made some moves during the offseason, but they, they did some pretty good hefty extensions on some players as well. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for the Seahawks is, you know, you see uh, you see uh, Earl Thomas move on. You see uh, Frank Clark, they, they, they trade him uh, their uh, all-pro uh, defensive end to the uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs, I think that's going to hurt them. Uh, they did pick up the speedster uh, in the draft and will miss, so that'll be uh, it'll be fun for Russell Wilson. But you know, I, I think defense kept him in the game uh, a lot last year, and I think that uh, that takes a step back. Uh, you know, you look at uh, at the Rams, and, and they've just got to keep this train on chugging. The Todd Gurley uh, injury or whatever it is uh, still seems curious, and that's going to be I think what surrounds the Rams a lot at the beginning of the season is. is can Todd Gurley return to the form of last year? Uh, is he just out of gas? Are the injuries too much? Or is it something between uh, some mental? I, I, the Todd Gurley thing is, is so weird. Uh, so that will be an interesting thing to watch there. The Cardinals have to be better than they were last year. You look for hopefully David Johnson to return in the form as a running back. Uh, Kyler Murray should be a lot of fun this year. And and we'll see what, uh, what happens uh, with him. And it would feel like the 49ers – sooner or later should be better than what they are. They continue to get top defensive draft picks for the last three or four years. So sooner or later, you look for them to uh, take that bigger step forward. Uh, we'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo can return the form. And, uh, you know, they've got some exciting players uh, on that football team. Well, the NFC South is a very strong, strong division. And, and, and quite possibly we have a, a Super Bowl uh, appearance from the NFC South this year. You've got, uh, the the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons, and a lot of people, a lot of rum, rumblings, rumblings and rumors that Theo Reddick ends up with the Buccaneers, and that would be huge for them. Yeah, you just wonder if Bruce Arians has made a mistake by uh, coming out of retirement and sticking with Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, the Saints look like they'll continue to be great. You know, Michael Thomas looks like he, he could be a holdout at this point, which would be uh, terrible for the Saints' offense. Uh, you know, the Falcons, uh, can Julio Jones get in, in the end zone this year? The guy can rack up a lot of yards, but the last couple of years getting in the end zone has been a problem. Uh, and, uh, you know, with the with the Carolina Panthers, uh, what do we see from them this year? They were somewhat of a disappointment last year. Uh, teams, this is a division where the teams like to beat up on each other. Uh, but we'll see who the uh, cream of the crop is there. The Saints obviously still stinging from the, uh, the NFC Championship last year. Can they put that behind them and move forward? Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be kind of a wait and see with them, but you know to me that seems to be the team to beat in that division. We talked about the Bears in the NFC North. Uh, obviously, you've got the the Lions. We talked a little bit about them releasing. It was a bit of a surprise that they released uh, Theo Reddick, and and uh, we'll see how uh, 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 Matt Patricia does in his second year as a head coach. Uh, wasn't that impressed with him at the beginning, but he did seem to pull his way out of the hole there. And of course, you got the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings as well in the NFC North. Yeah, I mean with Green Bay, it's uh, kind of a wait and see there. Will Aaron Rodgers play uh, an entire season and be healthy? Uh, you know, I don't know that they're as good as they were 
uh, in the past couple of years. Minnesota and Kirk Cousins, you know, can they write that ship there? That seemed to be somewhat of a disaster last year. Uh, you know, the Lions, this, if, if things don't go well, this could be Matt Patricia's final year as the head coach uh, of that football team. Matthew Stafford, who had the uh, the issues with the, the broken bone, uh, he seems to be just beat upon uh, every single year. The Lions still struggle uh, to find a running game to help him out. And, uh, you know, and, and the Bears, like I said, they, uh, they look to do what they did last year and try to roll over that division. So uh, the black and blue division could uh, very well be another year of black and blue. It, it, injuries seem to pile up in that division because of the weather, because of the climate, and, uh, and the way these teams just uh, annihilate each other. So it reminds me a lot of the, uh, of the uh, SEC with, the, you know, the Alabamas mm-hmm. and the Ole Miss and, and those guys just beating up on each other all year long. So it'll be fun to watch these, uh, these teams go at it. You know, the Bears kick off the first week one with the Packers. So it uh, should be a fun year in the black and blue division. Well, finally, uh, before we wrap it up, put a bowl in the NFC East. We talked uh, a little bit about that, obviously, with the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, with uh, with Ed Kratz. Uh, we talked quite extensively about the Eagles. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are per- certainly big holdout there with Zeke Elliott um, holding out for quite a bit of money, $20 million, I think, is what, what we talked about. The Giants and the Redskins uh, all around out the NFC East. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, it's going to disappoint. He needs to get paid so he can afford all the lawyer fees for all the issues he continues to cause. I mean, what what a yes, huge true. dick this guy is. Uh, Absolutely. I, I, I cannot stand uh, to see anything about him anymore. Uh, the Cowboys, you know, they're in salary cap hell. I think there's going to be issues all year long with those guys. The Giants have taken, obviously, a gigantic step backwards. Uh, Eli's probably last year. We'll see what Daniel Jones is uh turns out to be uh it seems like a two-horse race between the uh redskins and, and the eagles with the redskins that you wonder what you're going to get from haskins yeah, he's a big question mark at that point so i mean it seems like the eagles division to lose but you know can uh can they keep their guy healthy this year that's the big question carson wentz can he stay on the field and actually uh play an entire season and play in the playoffs so it it, it seems like Carson Wentz health is will dictate this division. If uh, if he stays healthy, this looks like the Eagles division on the way. I I can't hope enough bad things for the Dallas Cowboys at this point. And finally, the uh, wild card MLB wild card chase is on, and it's the real deal. Uh, so as we look into the wild card chase, I mean, I tell you what, we're, we're wrapping it up. Obviously, we talked about the the National League Central and the Cubs. Obviously, that's where they're. But the Cardinals are right on the tails of the Cubs. Certainly would love to see that happen again. But as we look at the wild card real quickly across the MLB, uh, who gets in, who gets out? Oh, and, you know, the National League, even though some teams are far behind in the division races, nobody really seems out of it. I mean, the Reds, as terrible as they've been, they're only eight games out of the National League wild card. And the, uh, in the AL, it's a lot closer. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, most of the uh, – it seems like both teams in the AL probably come from the East. Uh, maybe the Indians can sneak in uh, in the Central. Uh, you know, and in the uh, in the uh, National League, uh, you know, if this race stays as tight as it is in the Central, uh, you could have a, a you could see uh, you know Milwaukee, Chicago, or St. Louis. You know, between the three of those teams, fill up those two wild card spots because that race has stayed so close, and those teams, all three teams, are playing so well that it could be. Uh, it could be a one division wild card thing as well. So I wouldn't be opposed to seeing three NL Central teams uh, take up three uh, playoff spots this year. 
Are the Yankees and the Dodgers the best team in baseball right now? Yeah, you know, it feels like it, but you know, it, uh, it there's a long way to go. Obviously, there's still some pitching need uh, for the Yankees. Uh, the Dodgers, you know, they they play so well all season long for the last couple of years. They able to work themselves to the World Series, and then things just kind of fall apart. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with the uh, Dodgers this year. I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think Major League Baseball especially wants to see the uh, the Yankees in the World Series because love them or hate them, there's no really in between. Nobody's just like, man, you know, the Yankees, all right. People either love them or hate them, and that draws ratings. So I think MLB is praying that the Yankees uh, continue to be one of the best teams in baseball and make it to the World Series. Absolutely. Mo, for the BS Sports Show, I know we ran over a little bit. My apologies. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find your work and your masterpiece to serve? Uh, on Twitter, at Mo Radio Show. On the Twitter. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Have yourself a good weekend. Uh, but see ya. Mo from the BS Sports Show joins us. Continue our NFL talk. The NFL camp is broken. We always like to get excited this time of year because we can officially say football is back. I know preseason doesn't mean anything, blah, 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 blah. But, hey, it's back. It's a start. And we're going to have fun with it this year. Thanks to you, Matthew Embry from WSVT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. Um, and uh, we talked to, about IndyCar rolling into mid-Ohio. Also, Ed Kratz, speed rider for the Philadelphia Eagles, gave us a field side action as he called us from practice with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we've got to hear an interception with uh, Carson Wentz there uh, in the background. So that was uh, – <laughs> I think the Eagles fans hope there's not too many of those uh, coming up here this year. We love having Ed on it. Of course, he's our official NFL uh, contributor, and he's been a part of the show for a long time. And uh, Rick Rigging gave us a call to – kind of promote our college football action that's coming up. We've got a lot of good stuff going on. Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast called us before he teed off at the golf course uh, to talk to NASCAR with us as they roll into Pocono. Of course, Mo from the BS Sports Show. My name is Sean Marcos El Presidente. Remember, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. And uh, remember to follow us on on the Twitter at T-Balance. My name is Tom Marcos El Presidente. Uh, we do this thing called we do this thing called the balance every Saturday morning between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Make sure that you catch our podcast. It's the ba- you know the great thing about our podcast. Real quickly before we have to go here, uh, the great thing about our podcast it is our show. So if you're listening to the podcast, you're actually listening to the show. We don't do any editing. A lot of shows do that. They do editing and trimming and just kind of give you highlights or interviews. And we get we let you hear the whole thing. So just go and download the podcast, hit some subscribe, so you get a little alert notification every single time we load. It's usually I usually have it loaded within about 30 minutes of, of the live show ending, and then it's across the entire platform. You get it here on, on Blog Talk, uh, as well as on Apple Podcasts. Tune in, Stitcher, and more. I'm out of here. Don't drink a drive. It isn't cool. Deuces.
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.